Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of October the 12th. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Good evening, or morning, or afternoon, everyone. And that's it. Once again, it is a Dos Compadres episode. Unfortunately, Gray could not join us, but that's that's the way of work scheduling happening as of right now. But yeah, besides that, how have you been, Luna? Busy? That That's the nice way of putting it. Another crazy work week, a uh, lot going on with October is my favorite time of the year because I love Halloween and scary movies and all the fun stuff going on. So it's just been a, another crazy week in paradise. Um, it got really cold here, actually, in a matter of less than a day. So it went from 85 to like 40. Yay. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's all for me. So what about you, Ken? Um, I've been okay. The Hyatt or Starwood strike has been affecting my job very, very well. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's been interesting to the point that uh, the employees that are are picketing right now are telling my customers not to stay at this hotel. Oh. So. That's not good. So we're kind of just like, uh, 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 I don't know about that. But, yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, what have we been listening to? Um, let's start with you, Luna. Um, so, hmm, a lot of random, a lot of random music lately. I actually got back into late '90s Japanese music along with 2000s. So a lot of it started to span from there. Uh, a lot of Karaki Mai. I actually started re-listening to her first album again. I'm like, I gotta pull this off the shelf. I forgot how much I love her music. So I started going through her whole discography this week. Um, I've listened to a lot of them. I think Over the Rainbow I listened to the most this week, which is a really good album. But her first album, why why did I totally not think of it at the moment? Because I listened to it all freaking week and it's not Perfect Crime. That's her second one, which is also really good. But I've been listening to a lot of her, pretty much. And I was listening to I Wish and Amado Nami's early stuff. Oh, Delicious Way. That's the name of <laughs> Karaki Mai's first album. I don't know why I couldn't think of it. I know Love Day After Tomorrow is my favorite song on that album. But I've been listening to some Speed and Zone and Puffy. And I pulled out some MAA again. Sorry. And... <laughs> It's okay, and Dream, and Hamasaki Ayumi, and I just started gathering a lot of the older stuff, Her I Ken, Arashi, I actually started listening to a little bit of Arashi, because I don't listen to them too often, since I'm still new to some of their stuff. I started watching a few of their videos on YouTube, just a lot of random things. Oh, Chemistry, I forgot how much I loved them, and some older Enflow songs, along with some of their newer stuff. So, but in the car, on the way to work and back, it's been all Karaki Mai, because I didn't feel like changing my CDs too often <laughs> and plugging <laughs> my iPod in. I usually plug my iPod in, but I don't want to have an accident because of the weather, so I've just been kind of um, picking a CD and sticking with it in the way to work and back. But a lot of, you know, late 90s, 2000s, there's some really good stuff, and we hope to get into it a lot more in the further, you know, further episodes. Um, what about you, Ken? What have you been listening to? Well, 
Similarly, um, mostly because I'm preparing a big article for the site, um, I've been getting into a bunch of 90s music and a lot of early 2000s and the early aughts. But a lot of early 2000s stuff that I've been kind of focusing on. The 90s stuff has been a major thing though. I get home and I just end up listening to a lot of the 90s stuff, like the big 90s stuff, like Puffy Amiyumi and, and Speed and things like that. I actually got a lot of stuff. I spent like close to $300 of getting all these albums. So I spent my first half of my first major paycheck of, uh, of getting a lot of these newer albums that I got now. So I got like Globe's 15 year best album. That's a lovely three disc set. I'm actually looking forward to listening to that later on. Oh, oh I, you forgot how much I miss them. You just reminded me. So, mm. I also got Layark and Seals um, uh, 20, 20 anniversary CD set also. Ooh. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to listening to that also. And then I did find that um, one artist that you were talking about earlier that you had questions about, the uh, Yuki Koyanagi. Yes, I ended up watching a whole bunch of her videos on YouTube, and I love her voice. So, I ended up getting her best of album was a 15-year best, so uh, I'll, I'll give it to you later when I have the chance. Yeah, I really liked her. I actually been thinking about purchasing some of her stuff myself. I watched tons of her, her videos on YouTube. She's in a magnificent voice. But yeah, besides that, um, some modern stuff. I did get the Bang Dream... Um, pop and party single. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. And then I just got King and Prince's new single, uh, Memorial. We'll talk more about that next week. And big, not Big Bang. I wish it was Big Bang. Uh, I do too. <laughs> M Flow's new new single. Uh, but I guess they're more like EPs because they've been dropping it out digitally. So it's not too bad. But yeah, besides that, um, let's get into some news. Here. Um, there's not much news that we can talk about, mostly because I took about time to think about what we were going to talk about for this week's topic. But let's get into some news here. Let's first and foremost talk about Nogizaka's 46 latest single. Uh, they just announced their latest single, and ironically, Jiko Do De Iko is still charting almost mm -hmm. two months now with um, Kaidimichi wa Tobu. Wadi Shita Kurenaru, which will release next month at November 14th, and this will be the group's 20th second single overall, and we'll have Nishino Nanase as the center, which is going to be kind of saddening because she's going to be graduating soon after. So, it'll be her goodbye from the group, I guess. Um, I'm hoping that she has a good career, though. Hopefully. Um, a lot of the solo stuff. It's a hit or miss. I was going to say, you, you know, you see some that do really, really well, and then you see some that just kind of disappear. And it's it's funny because there is a, there's another piece of news that I haven't been able to formally put on the site, but there's going to be a 10-year uh, anniversary for No Sleeves, which is probably AKB48's biggest like subgroup that they have. And they're bringing mm. back the three original members, which is Kojima Haruna, uh, Minami Minigishi, and Takahashi Minami. And they're going to come back to do a live event 
all three of them. Two of them already graduated from AKB, but are still fairly close to what the group does. Um, Koji Mahaduna is like probably the biggest out of all of them. With um, Michan still probably is in the group, but I'm really surprised that Takahashi Minami has been kind of distancing herself from AKB, mostly because she was so involved with it. They're doing a uh, 10 year anniversary event and now like all these rumors of all these other like subgroups are coming back together to do 10 year events like not yet is being rumored to do a 10 year event but that'll be like 2021 I'd be really happy for not yet if they were to do a um, re re return so to speak but they won't have Oshima Yuko because she kind of stepped away from singing now she's only doing acting stuff now it'd be very surprising for her to come back though but yeah uh, that's it for the news for now, and let's go into our major topic here, and this came across while I was on Twitter, and I saw that a friend of mine was talking about how J-pop isn't as mainstream or popular like K-pop is, and I wanted to bring this up. What do you think J-pop or the Japanese music industry has to do to become more international? Um, so there are several things because I've actually argued with someone on this before. Um, Fuse Music Channel had a Facebook page and they posted about K-pop and I mentioned something about J-pop. They said it was irrelevant and it started an argument with me. So, um, so I actually have several points of things the Japanese music industry could do to be a little more mainstream. I will say the first one, which I think is the biggest, is make a lot of the artists more internationally accessible. Oh, yeah. And by that, I mean on YouTube. If you notice, like, if you're a fan of anyone from Sony Music Japan, you can't watch any of their videos, so you're going to have no idea who any of these artists are. You're not going to get to listen to them. So I feel like that's a big thing, is they have a lot of big artist and to name some Nishino Kana who I think could do very well in the states Nakashima Mika same Kato Milia who actually did a convention a couple years ago and in the states and she's one who could do very well over here I think Ajikan yeah yeah, they're a big one. A lot of people know who they are, but you can't watch any of their videos. The, the only way that you're able to watch Sony artists as of right now is if they have an evil page. And the evil page is very picky on what songs that they want to internationally expose themselves. Mm -hmm. So, and I see that as a, a major hindrance for people who want to get into an artist. I feel that's a big block because they don't want to pay $30 for a CD if they don't know they're going to like it. And I understand that completely. And a lot of the DVDs are region locked, which I have no problem with because I, you know, I have a player for it, but a lot of people don't. I just feel like it's a little bit harder to find a lot of these artists. Even iTunes is somewhat selective if they're from certain companies. You can't always access certain Japanese songs easily. So I, it, it's a big hindrance. Well, K-pop is extremely accessible. I mean, there are K-pop radio stations that you can get on, um, I think it's FM radio. I know several people who do that. So, I mean, I think that would also be a thing is open up some FM radio yeah. or even K-pop has been, you can buy it in the stores now at Target. I saw K-pop CDs at Target. 
I actually saw some at at a store when I was in Phoenix. Well, Japanese CDs are a lot harder to find here. And Especially, yeah, I mean, unless you go to a market, which the closest Japanese market to me, six hours away, does not carry them anymore. They're special order only. Like, the only way that you would be able to find music, so to speak, Japanese music, is if it's related to anime. That's true. You can't find other artists who aren't, and there's so many artists out there. And most people who watch anime, that's how they get into Japanese music, is from that, or by word of mouth. You know, like, I'll tell my coworkers about it, and I've gotten one of my coworkers interested in a couple Japanese artists who are jazz, like Juju. She actually found some of her music on Amazon, and since she had done Limited, she was able to listen to some of it. But there's, it's really difficult to get the resources for that. So, or K-pop, I can easily access it. I mean, a lot of their videos are also English subtitled. I watched one today. It had English translations. Um, I know that's expensive and difficult to do. Yeah. And, you know, but, Japan is coming around around that. And it's really it's really funny because the case in point the 48 48 and 46 stuff that's the mm-hmm. only thing that i've seen that's been subbed and that's yep. officially from their official channels mm-hmm. um and yone they have a lot of popularity though too so that yeah, makes sense that that makes a lot of sense for the idol groups to have a lot of popularity but like for example yonezi kenshi like it took forever mm-hmm. for lemon to be subtitled and I've been following that that music video for a while because I had to plug it in for the for the site occasionally. And the only way that I could find it officially was that he did a couple months later. Originally, I couldn't even find it because yeah, Sony. But they finally yeah, and they yeah. finally put it up. So uh, I've noticed with a lot of K-pop music, it's a it's very similar to what they play in the radio stations here. They have a lot of similar sounds. Is most of it is I would say done electronically now, and vocal wise, a lot of it sounds really similar to American. A lot of the American music is more hip hop oriented, R and B, or really poppy. And K pop offers that, whereas J pop doesn't always offer the R and B sounds as much. A lot of that you got to go more into the indie area to get the hip hop. R&B and jazz. You don't see those as chart toppers over there. So you can see the clash in musical styles has has a little bit to do with it. But I don't think that holds it back as much because there are other groups who've done very well in the U.S. Like Perfume has done extremely well in the U.S. And they're actually doing a U.S. tour this year. Nowhere near me, unfortunately. Mm. And Scandal's done very well. Uh, Scandal actually just had a U.S. tour, nowhere near me again. And they did very well at their concerts, and they come back every couple years. They're also doing a UK tour. Yeah. And also, One OK Rock, who I still kick myself, they came to my town, and I didn't get to see them. And I'm still mad at myself for not getting to go. And it's it's funny, because they're, fair, they're groups that adapted more towards the American style. Mm-hmm. And... What okay rock they've had some they've had a lot of english in their songs so i feel like because of their sound and the use of a lot of english has really helped them i mean their style of music sounds very similar to our style of rock music here so it makes sense that they would be as popular as they are plus they have done some major theme songs for things so that also gave them a boost like scandal as well i think scandal's anime songs have really helped give them a boost here 
Um, like, for example, perfume style changed very, very differently to a more mm-hmm. electronic American electronic style. Mm-hmm. Or more Western style, I should say. Yep. And that's very, very evident to Future Pop. If you listen mm-hmm. to Future Pop, it's very, very different. Not so much that I don't like it, but it, it's a good album. If you guys are able to buy it, go and go ahead and buy it. Um, however, it's it's very, very different from what I'm used to for perfume, anyway. But um, but I mean, there are a lot of artists I could see who would do very well here if they gave them the chance. I would say, I mean, Ayumi Hamazaki. I think if she did some U.S. tours tours here. She could get a big crowd because of her her longevity. Mm-hmm. Same with, I mean, she has a little bit different style and it changes every year, but she's really changed her style to so many over the years that I could say maybe she wouldn't gain the momentum as some, but she would sell some concerts if she came. And Utada is a great example of, yes, her English album flopped, but I feel like, one, it wasn't promoted, and... That was a big issue to the style. It just didn't... She tried to conform too much, and it just didn't fit. And I also... I think if she would have went around to do more tours and did more promotion, I think she would have went over very well. So I think to be a little more popular, too, is also how the companies would promote their artists. I Like with BTS, for example, they're extremely popular here right now, and they've done a ton of promotion for it. They were on the Jimmy O'Fallon show. They were on American Music Awards. And they've done a lot of YouTube promotion and a lot of their videos, how they're styled. It Yes, if Japan did more, put a lot more promotion to certain artists that would sell, could easily sell very well here, I could see it becoming more popular, more mainstream, depending on the artists. I guess my example would be, I think M-Flow could hit it very well over here. Could it, Like back in the day? Yeah. And even now, they still have a good sound. Well, the thing is with M-Flow, I think they were popular in a Western style. Mm-hmm. More so because Japan did not really, did not really took likely to the Tripod second EP. But Western people were more excited. The U.S. was mm-hmm. excited. We were really excited about yes. that. So, <clears throat> that's the thing with M-Flow. Unfortunately... With their style, it's very American. And you know, mm-hmm. when they were popular, popular, like when they were doing the the, Flow Loves, collaboration, I'm pretty yep. sure that that was the height of their popularity. Because case in point, we all know who they were in high school. Yep. And unless it was anime related, not much people would know about Japanese music. But Flow came above that because of their style of music that they did. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree to that. And with artists like that, if they were promoted well enough in the U.S., I could see them being very, very successful. I could have seen if Amoda Namie wouldn't have retired. And if they actually, Avic should have promoted here in the U.S. a couple years ago because she could have been very big with her style, oh, her yeah. fashion, her sound. And she actually had a lot of English songs on her Feel album. Her you, uncontrolled album, and it was very well done. Do you think like the Hapa singers could have a chance with that now? Like I, exa- I could easily see that. Do you think like, for example, if they market Mayjay more 
here or if they did or, yes market her without her covers <laughs> or or benny here well major is a easier much more easier catch because if you're if you watch nhk out. world you see her every week yes you know who she is if you have any mm -hmm. interest in japanese and you watch nhk world you see her every week on jay mellow mm -hmm. and you know who she is yep and she has some really catchy songs and and i can easily see her becoming being able to make it here even my fiance likes her, and my fiance doesn't really like a lot of Japanese music, but he loves May J's song Garden. He knows that song. As soon as I play it, he knows exactly what it is. And that is something that could be targeted here and be very popular. Her sound, her voice, is something I think would do very well. Another singer I think would do very well would be Thelma Aoyama. Oh, yeah. I think she would be phenomenal. If I would say Michi would be another one if she still she's living in the u.s right now but she has not done music since her third album which is disappointing to me she's half british half japanese and she had an amazing sound she had some very very catchy beats she could have easily done very well if simone promoted her but no one knows who she is because you couldn't find anything out about her I only knew because my friend, when he went to Japan, he heard her songs and really liked her and told me about her. And then I found out about her. And I really liked her and just bought all her stuff. That's the only way I was able to get into her. If she was promoted well, she would be another one. I think Beverly would go over very, very well with her vocals. Well, Beverly is a little bit much more easier to market, I think. Because the fact that her latest song was part of Common Rider Built, which was a really popular series. Mm -hmm. Be The One is a really good song. Granted, not as it big is. as um, Excite, but that was because Common Rider Excite was really, really mm -hmm. popular, and you can't fault that. But Built was just mm -hmm. as popular, and I think Be The One was a really great song. Mm -hmm. I was, I was going to say Daichi, I think, would do very well in the U.S. because of his style. I think Daichi would And his would dance do. moves do very very well internationally mm -hmm. like i agree his style his dance moves his vocals i'm surprised that he hasn't recently because his involvement with nhk world or mm -hmm. nhk japan i guess we have to change that has been very monumental for his image and international sake because i'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the major artists that are going to be in the japan olympic yeah the opening ceremony yeah i figured i figured that he's gonna probably be the one because they're prepping him so much for international fame mm -hmm. so it's 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 hard because they they don't put that much effort into into popular popularizing stuff unless they know it's going to be a surefire hit yeah and they drop it too easily. So, for example, in the early 2000s, I'm pretty sure you know some about this, too. There were several Japanese artists that had some singles released in the United States. Mm -hmm. Kota Kumi was one of them. She released two singles under Kota in the U.S., which are very difficult to find. So, Avix at one time was prepping her to be big in the U.S., but since they didn't sell well, they just gave up easily. At the same time, they also did not promote her at all. So she did make it very high on the dance charts in the U.S., like very, very high, but it wasn't enough. And then they just dropped it all together and just stopped training her in English and that. I 
honestly think Kurukumi could do very well if her English did improve a little bit. Her style of music, and because of all the international fans she has, there are people I follow from Germany who love her, from Canada who love her. I know several people who are from Canada who are part of her fan club and buy all her stuff. I know several people in the U.S. who do, like a lot of people in the U.S., and it's not just the song she did for Final Fantasy either. I feel like she could be an artist who could be promoted. Look at DNA and look at the songs off that. Hmm. That has a very unique American style in a way. Like, a, a American style with a Japanese twist. Let's put it that way. Do you think um, that J- J-pop or Japanese music in general has to be shock and awe, so to speak, with its audience to form more international exposure? For example... Shock and awe meaning being, or like being a butt end of a joke. Because for all sense and purposes, Korean music or K-pop didn't really get as popular up until Gundam Style. That's true. I, I kind of forgot that was what really brought people into seeing K-pop was Gundam Style. And I actually forgot and about that song. I really, <laughs> really was hoping that if that's the trend that was going to do that, I was really hoping for the pineapple pen to do very well because that was the first mm-hmm. American, Japanese song that did fairly well in the memeing world mm-hmm. and was fairly popular. So do you think that the Japanese music has to tend to that approach to be more international? Because case in point also, look at Daoko. Her songs are mostly well-known in their international audience from Me, Me, Me and Girls. Which is tied to a very, 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 very interesting shock and awe anime approach. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe, because another example of that would be Kyari Kyari Pyamu. A lot of people noticed her because of her videos. Oh, yeah, because it was just internet, the song. Like, pom, yeah, pom, pom. Yeah, like, pom, pom, pom. That's what got me to notice her was, pom, pom, does she, you know? And my fiancé knows her because of that song. And he always calls it the pom song. He doesn't remember who it is. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's something that does get you noticed because it's unique. I it's hard to say where you go from there though, because there's so many different styles of Japanese music. And I feel like that'll catch some people's eyes thinking, Oh, that's weird. All their music is like that. That's the one fear I think a lot of people thought all K pop was like Gangnam style. And I had people ask me that. You listen to Asian music. Is all Korean music like Gangnam style? I'm like, no. Well, that's another thing too. Japanese style has a lot of subgenres, mm-hmm. and you think? Do you think that's too many compared to the K-pop style that is fairly popular right now, which is oh. a lot of the boy bands with the pop and locks, and the girl bands that also do the cutesy dance style. I would say yes, because Be- the pop and lock for K-pop is really, I feel like, what gets them noticed now. Be- there are so many people who like BTS and Monster X, which I actually like Monster X. Because, case in point, you know, you say BTX and Monster X, those are the only two. Oh, and EXO. EXO's big, too. That's, that's another group. Those two, or those three, are fairly similar in style, because yep. they are just... A dancing pop and locking group. Mm-hmm. I could see Exile being very popular. And like, I'm um, very example, surprised. Exile... I'm very surprised hmm? that Exile isn't as popular. As I feel like is. not enough people know who they are. They don't get enough promotion. I think uh, we'll talk about this song later, but there's a new song from Member of Exile, and 
I think is done very well, and I could see it being popular. And there's several Exile songs I'm surprised have not gotten bigger. You know, like the Rampage. Oh yeah, I'm I'm surprised that um, Exile hasn't broken into that. I'm af- I'm very afraid of why Avex isn't taking that plunge. I'm af- I think they're just afraid of taking another chance. They did in the '90s. Um, they did with Coda. I know Giza tried with Kudaki Mai. They actually English album. I feel like several Avix has tried. But other you companies know, have tried, and also Utada's failure and Boa's failure. Is a, I eh. kind of feel like that was a big blow that they're scared to take that chance. And I understand that. I really do. But the advent of YouTube and internationally marketing your music more like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, very surprised that Exile isn't as popular. I I actually am too. I feel like some more of the Japanese obscure Japanese rock bands are a little bit more popular than the pop and lock groups. Oh yeah. Case in point, Kanaboon. Kanaboon is mm-hmm. probably more popular than than a lot of groups because of Naruto. They yep. were mostly and- known to Naruto. So if you have and Naruto took over this country fairly well. Mm-hmm. And also, like Lark, Lark and Seal, when back in the day, they actually were had a very big following here. A lot of visual K bands did here, like Gazetto, yeah, and um, Versailles. There were several visual K bands who were popular. Miyavi. I don't know how many people I know who know who Miyavi is. Who doesn't? Well, and not not to mention he's also an actor. Miyavi has fairly been recently in the limelight through through oh, several yeah. movies most recently yeah. he, he's in the bleach movie mm-hmm. and that but i got feel like released. before that because of his look and style a lot of people knew who he was well, i knew who he was just through his look i'm very interested the the alexandros group that they're, they're just starting their new western album i'm very very interested to see how that does if it does very well that's good that's very good for that's a mm-hmm. good step towards internationalizing the japanese mm-hmm. music industry so to speak and you know i i want to bring this up because i guess we haven't we haven't did this disclaimer in a long time but you know we're not experts by any means mm-hmm but, you know, we want to see J-pop excel very well in the international markets. And that's why we're fairly vocal about this. Yeah, and not just U.S. I feel like a lot of other European markets, I I think that the Japanese music industry has done remarkably well compared to the United States. I see a lot more artists doing U.K. tours uh, or just European tours in general, like in France. Hamazaki Ayumi has actually visited France several times. So has, I want to say, Nakashima Mika. And there's been a lot of big artists who've gone overseas, not just to visit, but to do tours. So I want I want to bring this up also. There was another group that was fairly big in the YouTube fame that made it mm-hmm. fairly well known in the West. And that was Baby Metal. Yes. they're. Actually, I know so many people. They still do well. They had concerts not too far from me, maybe about four hours. And they were sold out at places. They were all over the States. And I have friends who don't like Japanese music who love Baby Metal. What do you think 
their success to fame was? I guess because they had a somewhat unique style. They had the same type of metal music as Metallica. Mm -hmm. But they had this cute vocalist of what people think all Japanese girls sound like. Mm -hmm. I you, feel that was a good combination for, you, the, for a lot of people what li they do, liked. Do you think it was because of that shock and awe thing also? I think it was because you hear their music, like the metal, and you don't expect to hear those vocals with oh, it. Yeah. So I would say, yeah. And that made a big difference. You know, when you hear something that's just solid metal, I expect Screamo or something along those lines. And then you hear the girl singing and you're like, oh, okay, this is different. So I feel like they really did capture audience with that, something they didn't expect. So yeah, that shock and awe, awe aspect to it. And it really gained people's attention. I think the fact that they still continued with it was another major mm -hmm. thing. And that's where I think Kari Pamu Pamu kind of fell off the wayside because mm -hmm. she didn't com she didn't continue with her image like that. She continued for no. a good long while with it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I want to say at least four years. But, yeah. but now she's just normal girl who's just recently got back into into the music industry. Mm -hmm. So I feel like image does play a big role. I think Namie could have done very, very well here. I still am going to say that. I really, after hearing her last couple albums she released, oh yeah, they could have sold easily here. So just style-wise. Um, do, do you think the advent of also anime kind of helped the international market with that? Uh, yes. Oh, 100%. I think that helped a lot of singers gain their popularity. How else would you hear some of these artists? Um, well, also, Nishino Kana. Well, case in point, an also, example. The, one of the songs was the song for the opening for, what was it? Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, thank you. And do you think that, that single would have sold here fairly well? Oh, yeah, no doubt. There's a lot of fans of Attack on Titan here. If they release that in stores, and I will say this for a reasonable price because Americans are cheap, I think it would sell. So I'm going to bring up, uh, this will be another point where marketing in Japan is a little different than U.S. So Japanese CDs are very expensive, or relatively expensive. They're about double the price of U.S. CD. So you pay about $10, $15 for U.S. CD. Japan, you'll pay about $30 to $40. I'm okay with this because I know I'm getting high quality CDs and booklets. The U.S. CDs kind of look like crap compared to what you get from Japan. But Americans are not going to want to pay Japanese prices for music. So that also makes it more difficult for Japanese artists or industries to come over and release songs here because they're not going to get the same price of, you know, same price for the CDs as they would over there. They might not get the same sales. So that's also well, a deterrent. I, I also think that the advent of digital music like Apple yes. Music and Spotify is a huge um, thing that would need to be more in the forefront. Yeah, which Japan I, just right. recently kind of only got into yes because japan was very physical media which i'm one of the few people who still supports physical media as most people guess from my instagram collection uh, but yes japan has recently gotten to the digital age you know yes they did have they do have itunes japan which has been around for a while but spotify is new to them soundcloud all that stuff and i feel like this will be a good way to bring more art more artists over here though and get more people listening to them especially Apple Music. So I'm kind of hoping if Japan promotes some more on sites like that, it could be very, very good for a lot of their artists. 
and be more accessible. But you do have the hit or miss of being Sony and you can't get all their songs. For example, you can't get Nishino Kano songs on Sony Music and, Amer- and Apple Music in America. That's and that's kind of not fair. I, I own all these, so I can't complain. But for anyone who wants to get into her, you can't find anything of hers. Like, and she, let's, she's let's a big some, selling artist. Case in point, let's let's take Logally Monsters. Mostly because their opening was for one of the biggest animes as of right now, which is uh, My Hero. Mm-hmm. Thing. Only recently that they had Juice. I don't know if Gray knows this or not, but Juice Juice came back on, and, and that's that's their top selling song is the Dakara Hitori Janai, which is the opening. Or mm-hmm. was it the ending? It was the ending. It was the ending. It was the ending. That ending for my hero, that's the number one song, and everything else is kind of just like left to the wayside here. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at the list here. I I'm, mean, it at least gets people into that, but I feel like sometimes people just buy that one song, which is kind of difficult to get them to try something new. So I did get into a lot of artists through. There were several I got in got into through anime, and Inuyasha was one I discovered a lot of artists from, as it had some great songs. You know, Taki and Tsubasa was mm. one of them. Shimatani Hitomi. Um, Do as Infinity. Okay, well, uh, let's 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 so. play this little mini game here. What do you think for Asian Kung Fu Generation? I'm looking at their their iTunes chart right now. What do mm-hmm. you think is the number one song? Rewrite. You're very close. It's the number two song. Is it After Dark? No, no, no. That's number four. <laughs> It's um, Riri, which is their latest anime song, which was for Erase. Really? Didn't they have a song called Riri from back in... It's it's It was a remix of that song. Okay, but, and I but... love the original so much. And it is the original. Yeah. So, it's that, I... rewrite, the Naruto song, and then After Tar. Oh, I forgot about the Naruto song, which I, I didn't watch Naruto, but I know what song you're talking about, and I really like that song. So. But yes, I would guess... Yeah, and ooh, see, see look at I um Amado Nami or Hamasaki Ayumi. I'm really curious if those are anime songs. Mm. I'm just curious because those are big artists in Japan, and you kind of wonder how big they are in the U.S. or what are their top songs. Amado Nami did do okay, so two anime. Nami is on iTunes. What do Who you is? think? Nami, Nami is. What do you think <sighs> is her number one song on here? Mm. One Piece song. I don't remember the Chimata. Um, I really want to say it's going to be Can You Celebrate, but I know it's not going to be Can You Celebrate. That's number, that's number seven. Number, really? Yeah. <sighs> Nami has so many songs. And Hope. Or I would Hope. actually say Hero. Nope, you are right. Hope was number one. Hero's number two. Hope is number one. I thought so. Hope was the One Piece song. So, and Hope is a new song, too. I was hoping it'd be Nick Can You Celebrate, because that is an amazing song. Yeah, Baby but, Don't Cry is number three, and then Come is number four. I'm surprised Baby Don't Cry is number three, but that was it's, featured on the the thing that May J used to host, and Melody used to host. Uh, Jay Mello. Yes, Jay Mello, Baby Don't Cry was showcased on there for a while. Okay, so... Let's try Kotokumi now, because Kotokumi is on here. They seem she to have, have a, they seem to have a very updated album. So it looks like Avex is playing their part digitally wise. Yes. Oh, Avex is always on top of digital media, which is a great thing. I feel like Avex tries to be on top, especially they have all their videos readily available. 
Because as of right now, both DNA and and is on here. Oh yeah, DNA came out the day of on iTunes America. From what I've heard, my friend got it right away. So what do you think is the number one song for Kodokumi? Sen no Kotoba or Real Emotion. Real Emotion is higher on that list at number three. Oh, I'm surprised Sen no Kotoba isn't one. Sen no Kotoba um, is nowhere on this list. I'm surprised, actually. With that number one... It's very, very I'm recent. Trying to... It's very recent. I'm, I'm going to give you that. It's very recent. It's DNA. It's off of DNA. Oh, Hush? Nope. Haircut? Nope. Guess who's back? Guess who? Really? I'm kind of surprised. That's the number one song off of iTunes from Kodakumi. Party is number two. Real Emotions, number three. And Cutie Honey is number four. Cutie Honey, I'm pretty surprised at that, but... <laughs> yeah, or anime. anime. Yeah, I... Yeah... But I think everyone's tired of Katie Honey. I'm surprised Guess Who's Back on there, but it does have an American feel to it. Taboo is, is number a good five. I, I, I'm pretty happy that Taboo's on there. Me, Taboo's actually my favorite Kodakumi song. Um, although I go back between that and you. <laughs> so, I mean, I can see Koda doing very well here because of when you see her top five, they're not all on a, they're not actually all an, anime songs or video game songs. So that kind of showcases she could have more of a wide range. But I do feel like a lot of anime is what gets people into Japanese music. Wow. Or gets them into one artist, particularly. Okay, so let's let's try Ayu. What do you think the number one song for Ayu is? Dearest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Round the die. I, yeah, because that's her biggest song, and it was for Inuyasha, and everyone loves that song. Okay, number two. Um... Evolution or Girls and Boys? Evolution is 12. Wow. Mm, girls and Boys is 8. Or Boys and Girls. Boy, boys and Girls. Yeah, is eight. I, what is 2 then? M. Oh, I was going to say that, but I didn't think anyone really listened to that one much. I was also going to say Moments would also be one I could see being very popular. My Way is also on here as at number 3. Really? Mm hmm. That's shocking. So, but, to, to case in point, a lot of the songs that we just talked about, the number one songs were anime songs. Mm-hmm. And do you think that Japan has to evolve, so to speak, digitally-wise, more so now, more so now than it has been? Yes, because be... a lot of people are going digital, and they're getting a lot of their music digitally. A lot of Sony music... You can't get digitally right now in America, or probably in Europe as well. I don't know how that works in Europe. So you guys are welcome to give us our feedback. I'd love to hear from our fans well, outside the U.S. as well to see how their digital media works. But like, I'm very Sony can't get. I'm very scared uh, to ask our our Facebook group. We have a very small group, but I kind of just want to throw that question out there to the people that actually follow that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of our fans are international too, so I wonder how much they're able to get. And I do have another case in point, so this is a great one for why it should be digitally. So Aoyama Thelma just released her newest album this year, which yeah. you know, it came out in July. It's still not available on iTunes US. So my friend went to buy it because he was really excited because I got my copy in the mail. And he's like, oh, you got your copy ready. I'm going to buy it on iTunes. He goes, he can't buy it. He can't even get on Apple Music. He was really mad. 
And he he was just like, that's not fair. I don't know if it's appeared yet. I, I haven't checked iTunes lately. But that's a good example of something that people, there are some people who probably like to get and can't get it. You know what's really funny, though? The music what? video for her latest album is on iTunes. Really? But not the album? Yeah, but not the album. Yeah, that's that's a good case in point. You can't get it. And um, I have another one is one of the indie singers I really like, Hidomi. All her stuff was actually available digitally at one time. You could get everything. You actually can't now. So it's... I purchased all her stuff, you know, back in the day. I bought a lot of it digitally and physically. But a lot of it got taken off. And John Gree's another example. You can get her newest digital single, but you can't get a lot of her older stuff, which makes sense if her contract ended, I guess. But there's a lot of things that I feel like the companies do need to update regularly of all the fans internationally who would buy it. That could be a seller for them. Um, I'm actually going to use Aisha as an example. So when she had her new song, Usutsuki Liar, came out digitally. So it came out on Amazon Japan and she posted on Twitter. So my friend and I went to buy it on iTunes. And it actually was not available on iTunes US. So my friend messaged her on Twitter and asked her, Hey, your song's not available on iTunes US. Would you be able are you gonna get that on here? And she did respond to him and she's like, I didn't know it was on it wasn't on there. I'm gonna talk to you know, I'm gonna talk to them. We're gonna get it put up. She got it up on iTunes US in about a week. And me and my friend bought it. So and that shows up a good response if she really cares about her international fans, not just in Japan, not just you know like all her international fans. Now everyone can actually purchase that digital single. And you can get her newest mini album, Lovesick, on there as well. But that shows it's a good thing to have international an international because there are people from other countries who would love to buy it. Oh yeah. I feel like that's a good way to get the word out too. So I think the digital age is a good thing to spread it more because it's cheaper than buying physical CDs and importing them. And it's a better way for companies in general to, to get their artists more recognition. So, But, you know, we're, we're not in the industry, so to speak. But, you know. So, yeah, I don't know the back end of it. We I don't mean, know. I we really don't know the back end, but we're just saying what we think that um, the Japanese music industry can do. And, you know, to, to, to kind of put them more internationalized. And case in point, mm -hmm. you know, like our big, our biggest thing on our site is our indie corner. And we'll, we'll get to the indie corner stuff really soon. And a lot of them are fairly, fairly open to the internationalizing of mm -hmm. stuff. Like case in point, our biggest thing is Narkritaki stuff. And week in and week out, that's like the highest thing monthly. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll do very well internationally because of their particular style. But and and I agree. I a lot of the inner the indie corners are definitely open to, it and they're really happy they have an international audience. Um, when I saw, I saw two indie concerts when I was in Japan, and one of the the singers I met was super sweet and was really surprised. She asked me where I was from. And she actually happened to be from the U.S. as well. And she was really surprised that, though, there was a American person, you know, an international person seeing them live and seeing these Japanese bands live. And she was so happy that there are international fans. Mm. And I feel like there are a lot of artists who are willing to branch out and even 
even come over and you know put on concerts for their international fans they're just happy they have fans from all over and have reached people all over the globe with their music and i feel like that's what a lot of artists want is not just to reach one person but everyone and oh, spread yeah. you know the love and joy of what they like doing well case in point when you went to go see who who was the artist that you went to go see that so happened to have Logley Monsters? Um, so it was, so I mainly went for Jasmine. I love Jasmine. And yeah. I didn't get to meet her, but I, it was Jasmine, Little Glee Monster, Yasuda Ray, who is who I met. Um, I'm not going to say her real name because I actually did find out who she really is. Well. Uh, she's from the United States, actually, and she's super sweet. And then I saw... It was a one of the singers from the Dancing Dolls. Mm. She one, also sang. One of the indie groups that I went to go see when I was in Japan, they were very surprised that uh, an American person went to go see them. And I told them, mm -hmm. you know, hey, it was because of YouTube. And I mostly loved your band when I was in, in, in the U.S. And I went to go see your group mostly because I really wanted to go see it. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy to have done that. But yeah, and I, the, I I agree. There's a lot of them are really excited. So the other concert I went to see at Jasmine Cliff Edge, Shun, and Brand New Vibe, and the one group that actually noticed me in a crowd because so I have very bright ha hair. When I was in Japan, a lot of people would point and be like, hey, uh, you know, Adokui Kami, my hair's really really blonde. So because I bleach it. But well, I had I had this group stop and point at me. The lead rapper at Cliff Edge went over and pointed at me and waved and was really really excited. Well, and everyone turns around and starts looking at me. <laughs> well, it it's, it doesn't really help that a you have the whitest of bleached hair, but you're also fairly fairly pale. <laughs> yeah, so I I did stick out and I was hoping I wouldn't cuz I'm really short. And you know Japanese whole... Japanese girls are fucking freaking pale too, but you know yeah. it's just it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, my hair is what did it. And I had everyone asked about the hair, but I, I never forgot this experience cuz I was the only well, let's just say I thought I was the only American there. I think I technically I was the only American there. But I'll get into this and maybe the Aisha podcast. But um, I got noticed by the, the lead rapper at Cliff Edge because of my hair. And he just went to the, the stage and pointed at me. And I'm just like looking around and I'm just pointing at me. And he's just shaking his head like you. So I got noticed and he was really surprised. He was really happy at this big smile on his face that someone from a different country was there. So it's amazing that they really do that that they really care about their fans and look around in a crowd and are just happy to see everyone there having fun. And but I stuck out and he was probably like, What's what's this person doing here? But it made me happy too to see that I don't care about getting noticed because everyone stared at me at that point. <laughs> but it, it's just nice to support a lot of the bands like that because they're happy just to see that they have fans from all over. So but yeah, you know, hey, we want to hear the people that listen to our podcast, the the several of you. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, yeah. I mean, I I so from a business wise business perspective, I can see maybe the hesitance of companies jumping over to a US industry. I understand a lot of that. The probably some of the behind the scenes, maybe not the full extent of it. 
But I would also like to hear other people's perspective if it's just that or if there's something you think the industry could do as well. Maybe you have suggestions we didn't bring up or some thoughts about that or even even how it is since we're from the U.S. You might have something in your country that maybe you guys actually have a lot of Japanese music that's very popular. And it'd be nice to hear why it's popular over there or what got it popular over there. I would actually like to hear from everyone and get people's thoughts on this and how we could get get Japanese music, you know, more in more people's ears and give it a chance. It, you know, this is also a case in point because the Olympics are coming up. Yes. They're going to have to put a f- foot forward on what groups or what artists are going to be the the forerunners of what this international market is going to be. Mm-hmm. And they better damn well put all these songs that they're going to put in the opening ceremony of the national global event mm-hmm. called the Olympics. And they better make that available internationally. I'm that, hoping they do. That's I, 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 I would not forgive them <laughs> if they don't. I would never forgive them. And it's really, really funny because Johnny's, Johnny's is going to be part of this, but they don't play fairly well internationally. And it's... I was going to say that I'm very interested in how that's going to go. Because the one of the groups for Johnny is going to be the forerunners for the Olympic Committee. And we talked about this in our Kohaku event because... They premiered in the Kohaku the song that was going to be used for the Olympic Committee. And if that song isn't made internationalized, I don't know and what the they're thing going is, to do. Is, and my question is, when they broadcast this, so I, I admit I never watched the Olympics. I'm going to admit that. So in opening ceremonies, do they show the whole per, all the performances okay. on TV all so over the world? It depends. It depends what country you're in. The U.S., does but they show a truncated version of it okay and they try to put they they do a rushed a version of it so to speak so that they pinpoint the americans i see but do they do like so will japan have live performances of like some of the artists singing or are they just going to have the artists just premiering on stage i think they'll have an artist premiere on stage because that's what happened they had bts on i believe for the winner and they did an event, but they did play songs while the while the people are going around, and it's like well-known yeah. songs like Gundam Style was playing. So Gundam Style was playing while the U.S. was marching. Okay, so I'm hoping Japan picks the right artists and songs to promote. I'm hoping one of them is Daichi because well, like I said, I if, think that would if they don't put Daichi, then what was the point of putting them on and putting him on all the NHK stuff? That'd yeah, I'm thinking he will be one of them. I also think Meiji should be one, just because... Yeah, that's... But I think they need to do better with her songs. <laughs> no offense. Go back to, you know, the older days of the 2010, the, you know, you know what I mean. I'd be surprised if she isn't one of the announcers or seeing the event because of her involvement with the internationalizing of Japanese music. Yeah, I was going to say she would actually be a really good choice for an MC. 
I would love to see Melody return for that, but I know she won't. <laughs> She's too busy being a mama. I know, I know. I miss her, though. Um, I, I, I think Meiji would be a good choice. I think even bringing Benny into it would be a good choice. Uh, also, having both of them MC. But, you know, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to hear what people in Japan have to say about this. Mm -hmm. Our one fan in Japan, I guess we could call her that. <laughs> I want to hear your take on this. Hopefully she can get back to us with that. But... Yeah, I'm very, very curious about that as well. I, I would like to hear from everyone. I, I, I really want to hear what people think on this subject because it's a very important and interesting subject to bring up. Yeah. And you know, we, we, we do this podcast mostly because we love Japanese music and we want to see it succeed. Mm-hmm. We don't do it for popularity or clicks and stuff like that. If we were going to do that, we would have done it on K-pop a long time ago. Or we would have done an anime one. Or we would have done anime or anime or whatever. But we do it because we really love the music industry. And we really mm -hmm. love... We really want them to succeed. And we want to see that. But yeah. Speaking of that, let's continue on today in the corner. That was a lovely 45 minutes of talking about this. And we'll probably yeah, I, I, I didn't realize it'd go on that long. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I hope it's you guys a, enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it because, you know, we we want to bring topics like this towards the forefront because we want to make you guys know our love for the industry and we want to talk more about that. And as much as I love doing the news and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to just do that with the two of us. Mm-hmm. You know, no no fault against Gray there, but it's kind of hard with just me and me and you. <laughs> yeah. So we like that. We like our we like our talks because we are more a little bit more invested with the music industry a little bit more than Gray is at currently. He's been getting around it now. So yes. But but yeah, let's get into indie corner this week. We are at twenty one. Twenty one artists that we've talked about now for indie corner and this is another thing i kind of want to talk about for next week let's um let's let's do an indie corner roundup and we'll listen we'll try re-listen to all 20 or 21 groups and let's kind of rank them so to speak if you want to do that for okay. next week because one of our I biggest, I actually love that idea. Our, one of our biggest things is our indie corner stuff, so I kind of want to mm -hmm. talk more about that because it'll give me a chance to re rethink and relook at some of the artists that we've done, and to see how they've also grown internationally and more digitally. Because I think like Flu and stuff like that loved our rapport that we did about them. S stuff. I like think that. they did too, and I really like. I love their stuff. I thought it was really good, and I look forward to more of their music. Yeah, it's like, I really want that album that just came out. It was, it's like 12 songs, and it's like only 28 minutes or something like that. I really mm -hmm. want it. I really, really want it. But yeah, we'll talk about this week's group, which is Chapman. And they are a four-member Neil Soul band that was originally an acoustic duo back in 2013, with the rest of the members only forming up this past year in 2018. They do a very, very interesting crossover of what soul, the essence of soul music is and what modern J-pop is. And their keyboardist is really good and takes the, the listener on a very, very majestic ride through, through what soul-style music should be. Their song, I'm Just a Kind Man, flaunts 
the vocalists, um, soft vocals that meshes fairly very well with what the the band does overall, and you can tell that. If you guys do like soul or like hip jazz style music, which I've been getting into a very very big kick of as of recently, if you guys haven't noticed. Go check the band out. I'm Just a Kind Man is their first music video with their EP coming out later on in the year. Check them out on our site. And um, please just tell us what do you think about them. So I want to say I listened to I'm a Kind Man as well. I really like their style of music. I like the vocals. And the keyboardist is amazing. So I'm looking forward to hearing more songs from them, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very looking forward to what the first EP comes out. Whenever that comes out, it should come out by the end of the year. That's what they said on their Twitter. But yeah, you can check the music video for I'm Just a Kind Man on our site. But yeah, now we are going to go into the Oricon. And, oh boy. A lot of old stuff r returning back up. Mm-hmm. Let's continue first with number 10 with uh, Roll by Chuzi. I, I have... I have nothing to say about this song. It's a very, it's a very by the numbers idol song. Yeah, it it was okay. That's all I can say. It's a very, very very good looking music video. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love the music video, but I didn't. It's a song that I would just forget about two minutes later. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you could tell it's by the numbers. It's unfortunate mm -hmm. because you know this this kind of group is. I want these kind of groups to succeed also, but idols idols as of right now, it's it's kind of a hard sell to get into, mm -hmm. unless you stand out very from very much differently from the idol generation. You're not gonna stand very well against AKB or something like that. But yeah, it sold a wonderful 8,832 copies. And going on up, it's... Oh boy. Okay, it's Idol Master Shadow Colors Brilliant Wings, number 5. Uh, Arusto Melody. Or Melodia. It wasn't too bad, honestly. I, it was, so, I liked it. It, it was better than 10. I actually really liked it because it wasn't too high energy. It wasn't too cutesy. I actually thought it was a really good single. Oh yeah, it was mellowed out. They mellowed. It's yeah. like they listened to us. They mellowed. They yeah. mellowed the f out there. So. Yeah, I actually really like this. I'm like, this is really good. I could get into this one. You know, as much crap that we get, we bash Idol Master with. You know, occasionally there's a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so they wonderful. 10,885 copies and going on up it is Futen Boys by Exile Sh Shokichi and this is a three member group offset from Exile and I did like the style that they they brought in from this I loved it actually I really really liked that one that's what I'll say I really like the song I like the video I really want to hear more from, and I know Exile Shokichi has been around for a while, correct? Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear more from them, because I haven't heard that much from them, and now I'm super curious. I'm like, I really like this. So. Well, Underdogs was their last single, and that also ranked, so we talked about that single last time, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what more style that they bring apart. I did like the match, mm -hmm. uh, the match that they did with Rock, though. Which was really, really entertaining. But yeah, 
it sold a wonderful 12,330 copies. And going on up, once again, it's Keakizaka 46 with Ambivalent. Nothing more we can say about this. Two, two months now straight on the charts. This week it sold a lovely 16,016 copies. And going on up to number six, it is Living It Up by Monster X. Once again, climbing and this up. Came, I say this came back, didn't it? Yeah. It's not a bad song. I know. I actually re I rewatched the video again. Can't say much more of what we mm -hmm. talked about last time. And it sold a lovely 18,043 copies. And number five, I'm happy about this, Girls Code by Poppin' Party. This is the song from Bang Dream. So I bought this already, so I'm very happy. Glad granted, I really did like the other song more. This song was it was alright in my opinion. I did like Saiko and Double Rainbow much more, unfortunately. But it's because Poppin' Party and Bag Dream for that matter is becoming really, really popular now. They're doing the Idol Master thing where now every single month is having a new release. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do like the the voice actresses. I love the voice actresses that does this and you know, unlike Idol Master, I do like the fact that Bang Dream for certain members of their bands, they actually learn how to do the do the instruments that they play. So, yeah, Girls Code sold in a wonderful nineteen thousand eight hundred and eighty-five copies, and to be beaten out by another anime song here, it is Red Swan, at number four by Yoshiki featuring Hyde from Lay Ark and Seal, and this is the song f that was the opening for this season's um, Attack on Titan. What did you think? Um, about I this really. Song? I actually really, really, really liked it. So I, but then again, I like Hyde and I like Yoshi. I thought it was a very, very well done rock song. Um, I, I really don't care if it fits the show. I thought the song was fantastic. I've never watched Attack on Titan. Yeah, apparently but the a song lot of was people, amazing. A lot of people don't like the the song because it's really a mellow, mellow song compared to like the 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 usual high energy songs that they have for attack on titan and i think that's why i really like the song because it was a very mellow rock song and the instruments in it the guitar oh my god i love it so and having these two together is even more amazing in my opinion so it brings me back to like the 90s where you know visual k was still at its instance fairly fairly young and they always mm -hmm. did like these crossover band stuff. Like, and I think that's why I really, really liked it is for that reason too. It brought back some nostalgia for me. But yeah, it sold a wonderful twenty-one thousand two hundred and thirty copies. Going on up to number three, I can't believe this is number three. Jiko Do De Iko once again by Nogisaka Forty Six. This song can't be beat up until probably the um, the next songs coming up. But yeah, it sold a wonderful 23,281 copies. Almost two and a half months now. Can't say much. And going up to number two, it is Sekai no Hitoe by NGT46. And I love the hell out of this song. Watch the music video. It is, it is in English. It is translated into English. Go watch this mm -hmm. music video if you guys have the chance. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It is really, really, really good. It is really good. The making I want to see the making of. So 
I want to buy this this music video because the DVD comes with a music video making a because they probably went to Russia for this music video because a lot of the scenes were filmed in Russia. So I want to see how this was filmed. Mm-hmm. But I actually do too. I'm really really curious about that. Unfortunately, it it had to be paired with another Johnny's group, but. I'm pretty sure if this was by itself, it probably would have won number one for this week. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I really like the song. This probably, it was a really good song. It was a pretty mellow idol song, too, which is my kind of favorite idol songs. It's still kind of by the numbers, but it's a little bit more mellowed out than the high pitch jumpy feely songs and this week it sold a wonderful 143,303 copies. And going on up to number one, it is Kimi Boku by Kiss My Feet 2. So what did you think of this song, Luna? So I could only find it uh, as live performances, which disappointed me a little, but the live performances were amazing, so it wasn't disappointing that I couldn't find a music video. I really, really enjoyed this song. I think it was because of the interactions on stage, how they did the song. It was a very good song, very energetic. And it was cute too, so it I can see why it sold as much as it did. I really, really liked it. Yeah, and unfortunately, because that's how Johnny plays the field, the, the only way that we could find it was only live performances. It was a good song, no, nonetheless, mm-hmm. and I'd highly recommend if you guys are able to get it. And you know, "Kiss My Feet" too has been fairly, fairly popular, also. And I like the fact that you know this kind of brings rivalry between Johnny's and the 48 family so to speak because these two are the driving force of the industry it's sad to say but it's it's what it's come to and I I want these two groups to succeed and Mm -hmm. for them to to be more internationalized that's very very important 48 has done so very well but Johnny's Johnny's is still fairly old school when it comes to the Japanese music industry I really want to see them be more internationally accessible, but... I do, too, and at least with the 48 groups, they're definitely more international. But I agree with Johnny's, because I think they would be very successful if they were more internationally available. You know, I would love to see Arashi. Arashi's been a major pillar in the Japanese music industry. I want to see them more Mm -hmm. successfully internationalized. And, you know, it's sad because the only people that would know what Johnny's is, is through letters of Iwo Jima, unfortunately. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Ninomiya Kazunari was was in that movie. He was the main private soldier, so... Yep, and when you say that movie, I think of Watanabe Ken. Oh, yeah. I think of Watanabe Ken... But yeah, a fairly depressing movie, too. I hate watching that movie. It is. I cry like a baby. But that's just because it was shot fairly well. It was a, it's a very oh, good movie. Oh, it was. Yeah. It actually, that both of, that was a Clint Eastwood movie, and that and his other movie, Flags of Our Fathers, were both nominated for Best Picture that same year. Was it, they came out this- wasn't Flags of Our Fathers was the American point of view of that, the, yes. the same story, right? Yes. Yep. Yep, and Clint Eastwood directed them both, and they both were nominated that year. It's amazing to have a director do both perspectives and both be nominated because they're they're very good movies. Oh yeah. yeah. So I think he did a good job. 
So they're just depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just depressing as hell because war is a very depressing yeah. topic. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, I, I would like to see Johnny's be more accessible. I think they could be relatively successful in the U.S. I could see that easily. So, oh, yeah. but yeah, with that depressing topic ending there, <laughs> hey, you can find well, us. Well, go, oh, go. I was gonna say we should end it with a little something less depressing, but I'm trying to think of how we should end it with something less depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't. <laughs> but yeah, with with that, you know, we we want to see the success of Japanese music, you know. And hey, you know, with that, we want to be the forefronts of making it grow, and not just through anime, just overall mm-hmm. in the industry. We want to see music grow. It's because we really like it. But yeah. Oh, why don't you talk about um, the unsaddening, the saddening news that we of the the con that we were going to do? Well, it's still up in the air, but due to scheduling issues and just finding out the panel got accepted, I'm not sure if it's going to be happening. So... Since I found out today that it was accepted and it's a little late, I can't change yeah. what's going on with my schedule. And it's it's, it's so, unfortunate. Like, you know, we want to do so, that. We want to do the con. And... If there's a possibility the schedule can be changed, then I'm gonna tr- I'm definitely gonna try to do it, and you guys will hear from me. But it's really going to depend on if it's possible. I don't know if they can switch the time I was given. If not, it might not happen. I just have somewhere I have to be that evening, and I cannot change those plans. Yeah. So for me, it's a very difficult decision. And since I found out this morning, I've been fighting with it all day. And I wanted to try to come to a decision as soon as possible, as it's less than two weeks away. Oh, yeah, it's like two weeks. Oh. It's like two yeah. weeks. Yeah, and yeah, that's where my predicament came in is because it's something, you know, if I would have known ahead of time, like way, way ahead of time it was accepted, I would have been okay. But because I wasn't informed about that, it makes it very hard on my port to ch- part to change plans that were made as well. So, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're, we're fairly close to our. Our one year, fairly, fairly close. It's pretty much up and coming as of this point. Um, we want to do something very special for our one year, and uh, we'll we'll get to that eventually. But but yeah, we just we want to do more events like this. We want to talk to you guys more publicly about our love for Japanese music. You know, it's fine to do the news and stuff like that. But like I said, our our main vision is to talk about the music industry. And we want to kind mm-hmm. of do that more. And that's why we kind of wanted to do these kind of things now. But there's going to be more conventions in the future, so I'm not too worried. Yeah. I, I plan to look into a lot more of those, so maybe some of you guys who live around the area would be able to see us. And we all, since we all work full-time jobs, it's really hard sometimes for us to do them. But I'm going to try my best to definitely work something out with future ones. Or all of us will. <laughs> yeah, all of us will. It'd be hard for... I really, I really want to try to do the ones in Hawaii, but I really 
don't like one of the major cons that we have. <sighs> Unfortunately, I'm probably... I understand that. There's, so... there's, there's, there's one that is open is this this coming week, and I kind of want to go to it, but I kind of don't because I really hate what it stands for. But, but yeah, I, I won't talk about it because uh, it, for whatever reason we do get a little bit bigger. I don't want to be known as that. You can find us on our website at ongakatu.com. You can find me at otyken1. You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ongakutuyu. Let us know how we're doing at ongakutuyu at gmail.com. You can also follow us at Twitter and Instagram at ongakutuyu, own one word. And follow our... um. Our lovely, lovely, lovely affiliate, Koryu Hunter. He is a Japanese Twitch streamer and our human mailbox, who streams a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of horror games now. He's going through Resident Evil, uh, I think, 3 right now. Yes, and Fatal Frame. Fatal Frame. He just finished PS3. Fatal Frame. He just finished Yeah, he Fatal did. Frame. But yeah. Yeah, I missed the last one. Uh, you know, I got sick, like, this past week, and when I get sick, I wake up in the middle of the night and ended up watching his stream because of it, <laughs> which wasn't I good I love that me. he's streaming, I love that he's streaming horror because horror is, like, my favorite genre, so it's made me really excited to see it. Well, it scared the bejesus out of me, and you, you, you can, um, hear me talk more about that later on, but yeah, you can also follow our, uh, you can follow Kuryu Hunter at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R and also our affiliate Timber Taff he is also another Twitch streamer who is very famous for the the lovely lovely Zelda and Undertale series you can follow him at twitch.tv slash Timber T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T you can also hear what I have to say about games. So if you have like my opinions on the Japanese music industry and you want to hear me talk about video games and I guess Japanese games there, you can follow us on Potosaurus, which is a Japanese more gaming news centric. It's fairly similar to Ongaku to you. We talk about news. We don't talk about charts, but we talk about news and things that are happening with the gaming universe, so to speak. But yeah, you can follow me on that. You can Follow the podcast on there too. I think it's um, Curry Hunters. Our good friend Kill is pretty much handling that. But yeah, with that, I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku to You. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Mahalos. This is Luna signing off. Have a great rest of your week. See you next week. <laughs>